You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. All right. All right, I'm warning you. Here comes Dr. John T. Holler. Thank you. Y'all be sure and be here next week when Miss Ann speaks. It's going to be good. In case you don't know, she is where she is because men put her in her place. When I was named the apostle over this work, I uh, took that seriously. And when our last pastor left, it became my responsibility to be here because I didn't have anybody else to offer the, the church at the time. So I talked with the elders, and I, I agreed to come. But I told them, I said, guys, I'm not much of a pastor. I run a Bible college, and it's a full-time job. And the chief elder, who I call the chief elder, Frank Feets, he said, right here, we're sitting in a circle right here. He said something to me that I've never had anybody say to me. He said, well, Pastor John, Dr. John, he always calls me, Dr. John, we're more excited about Pastor Ann coming than we are you. <laughs> Y'all remember that? He said, if she can come be our pastor and you can be our apostle, we're happy. So that's how that happened, y'all. Amen. 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 I'm pretty happy. She did not usurp anybody. The prophet of God and men put her in her place. So... I, that's why I, I told you, I, did, I tell, did I tell that story here, what I said last week with that pastor's luncheon? Yeah. Yeah. I said I was the pastor's wife, you know. <laughs> kind of am. It's raining, what a blessing. Thank you for the rain, Lord. The rain of the Spirit and the rain of the rain. Uh, we, last time we talked about two breastplates. Paul talked about breastplate just two times in the, in the New Testament. It's only in there twice. One time, in Ephesians, he calls it the breastplate of righteousness. In the Thessalonians, he called it the breastplate of faith. Ah, oh, what do we said? We get, how you get to your righteousness? By faith. We said that God said to Abraham... His faith is equal to righteousness. That means faith is righteousness to God. It's not something that will carry you there. It's something that is, that makes you righteous the moment you believe. That, that, there's more to it than that. It goes on, we find in the, in the Old Testament, one more verse. There's about three or four verses that use the word breastplate in, in English. 
but only one from the Hebrew that means warlike breastplate, which is what Paul was talking about. A breastplate for defense. All the others in the Old Testament were talking about the, the ephod and the Urim and the Thummim breastplate, which is the one the priest wore. That's not the one Paul's talking about. We don't, we don't call ourselves priests. We have one priest of this house. And his name is not John Holler. His name is not Ann Holler. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the one and only priest anymore. Amen. I heard about a story about Satan and one of his demons were watching a man get saved. Watching a man get saved. The demon said, why aren't you doing something, boss? Satan said, nothing. As the guy got down closer to the front of the church, the demon said, why aren't you doing something, boss? Why aren't you trying to stop this? Finally, Satan said, I don't have to stop this. All I have to do is, after it's over, is convince him it was all his doing. I have to convince him it was all his doing. So he'll work his whole life trying to keep what he got for free. And he won't have time to infect anybody else. If I can keep him busy trying to stay saved. Ooh. Mmm. That's a good thought. Strong. In the New Testament, righteousness is used in two very different ways. You need to hear this. It's used in two very different ways. Number one, performance. That righteousness performance is in the Bible. 2 Timothy 2.22. Can we turn there? 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee also youthful lusts, that follow, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So following righteousness means you're pursuing righteous acts and deeds. Turn to 2 Timothy 3.16, Israel. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Talking about doing righteous things. Instruction on how to do righteous things. There's other, lots of other verses that, that have this tone to them. Righteousness is about performance. But it has to, that's just one side of it. The other side of it is position. It's used two distinct ways in the New Testament. About your performance in righteousness and your position in righteousness. And the, the problem with the church is they have for too many years, too often, got that turned around the wrong way. I call it, what, what I call that? Wagging the dog. If you think you're made righteous by how you act, you are still a pagan. But if you act because you've been made righteous by faith, that's a whole different thing. Now you're born into the family of God. See what I mean? Let's turn to Romans 4, 17. We'll turn our, take our Bibles and turn there if you have your Bible handy. I hope you do. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father. I've got, I've got a ton of scripture for you today. I hope, you, hope I don't confuse you. It all makes sense to me. I hope it makes sense to you. 
As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. God said this to Abram before he had any kids. How did God say it? Before him whom he, he, him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. This is not a, a one-time event. It just is a fleeting passing event. This is in the foundation of who we are. God said to Abram, I have made you. When did he do that? He did, Abraham didn't have any kids yet. But God said, I have made you. I have made you. Somebody in this room probably will get saved today. Amen. Somebody here is probably going to come to Jesus in saving knowledge of the faith of Christ. It's probably going to happen today. Amen. It almost always does. And that will be because God has made you something. You come to realize the goodness of God and believe on the gospel, believe on Jesus, then God makes you something. He made Abraham something. No, 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 no. I heard people say, if I went to that church pastor, if I came to your church, the roof would fall in. Why? I've been so bad. Well, I, it, it, it let Greg see in. <laughs> Didn't fall in. <laughs> Didn't fall in on him. Didn't fall in on Dean. Didn't fall in on, on uh, Brian over there. It didn't fall in on Greg. <laughs> she pointed at him like this. No. Because it's not how badly you performed or how good you performed. It's all about how Jesus performed. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. But this says we have a way of acting like God in the earth. What is that way? To talk like God. He calls those things that be not as though they were. Amen, amen. You heard this this morning. Miss Ann talking about that this morning, about Mark 11, 23 and 24. Wow, what a word. And whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed. He talking to the mountain. Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Let's turn our Bible to our attention here to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59 and verse 16. This is a stout passage of Scripture. I want you to read it with me. Isaiah 59 16. It goes for quite a ways, Israel, so we'll just about through verse 21 or something like that. Miss Ann, would you take a microphone and read that for me, please? Verse 16. Isaiah 59, 16. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained. 
This is God talking about Jesus. Read on. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and as a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance. vengeance. Listen to me. How many of you recognize this language here? And Paul says for us in Ephesians 6 to put on the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Before you could do that, Jesus had to do it for himself. Amen. Oh. Amen. Why would Jesus do that? Because Jesus was not God, acting like God here. He was God, but he wasn't acting like God here. He was acting like a man. Yep. Everything he did for us, he did for us. Everything he did on, the, on planet earth, he did for us. Not for himself. He did it for us. To show us what we have available to us. Amen. This is good. Amen. Read on, Miss Ann. The garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Vengeance, not vengeance toward his people, but vengeance toward the enemies of God. According to their deeds, according, accordingly, he will repay fury, to his adversities, his, his adversaries, yeah. sorry, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now there's part of the Bible that is not, that is not, uh, um, that is not inspired. You may not know this, but part of the Bible is not inspired. That part that has punctuation. Yeah. Punctuation is put there by men doing the best they could. But the enemy does not come in like a flood. No. God is one that lifts up the standard. Yes. It says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord should lift up a standard against him. Amen. God's Amen. power to wash away. Amen. You hearing this? Yeah. God's power to stop enemy, stop the enemy is far more powerful than the enemy is powerful. That's right. Amen. God, let me just say it this way. The devil can never be near as bad as God is good. Yes. Amen. That means Satan, that means Adam's sin can never be near as near as devastating to your life as righteousness of Jesus is to your, to your life. Amen. Some of us think we're sinners saved by grace. I'm a, I'm, I was a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. That's right. Grace did away with my sin. That's right. Amen. Glory to Amen. God. Amen. Read on, Miss Ann. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. Verse 21. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon thee, and my words which I have put in thy mouth shall not depart out of thy mouth. There we mouth. are. He's saying God calls those things that be not, and he put that word in your mouth. That's right. Read on. Nor out of the mouth of thy seed. You're supposed I to teach it to your children. Rather than teaching your children what you don't have, remind them to talk about what they do have. Amen. Nor out of the seed, out of the mouth of thy seeds, seed. Thy seed, seeds. Saith the Lord, from henceforth, the Lord. from henceforth until to Monday. No, <laughs> forever. forever. 
<laughs> yeah. You see what he put in there, put in, in you with the, with the word in your mouth? He said he put his spirit in you. He put his spirit in you. I believe it's 2 Corinthians 6, 17, is it not? 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. When you got born again, God's spirit came into your life in, regen in regeneration. That eternally fused your spirit with God's spirit. That means God dwells in you as surely as you dwell in you. Your spirit is born again of His Spirit, eternally fused in covenant with God's Spirit. Cannot be removed. And the Spirit has a first name. Holy. The Spirit has a first name. Holy. It's not about performance. It's about identifying who you really are now. Who you really are now. I told this to, to Vincent, and he got him off of drugs. Amen. Got him teaching other people how to get off drugs. Amen. I could say, stop, stop smoking dope, stop shooting up. I could, I could tell him, stop taking those pills. I could have told him, you need to do this, you need to do that, because it's going to kill you, Vincent. He had heard all that. Yeah. It did no good. Right. Might even go to hell, Vincent. It did no good. When I told him about who he was in Christ, it changed him. Yes. Changed him. Are you hearing me? This is a true victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Not our fear. Not our fear. Your fear never overcomes anything. And you hear some preacher preaching fear at you, get up and walk out. Amen. I turned it off. Turned it off. Most time I just turn a channel. Watch Raymond. Listen to Led Zeppelin. It's more edifying than some of these preachers. Tell you the truth. Black Dog is more edifying than some of the preachers. It's a bad song, but it's better than some of the preaching that goes on. Amen. Rock and roll, church. Glory to God. Well, they tried to tell me my, my music was sinful. I said, what makes it sinful? The beat, the beat, the beat. Show me a scripture for that. Righteousness, write this down someplace if you're taking notes. Righteousness gives you the right to speak like God in the earth. <laughs> Righteousness gives you the right. The proof is, every, every planet in our solar system, including Pluto, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto are all named after gods, false gods, because men named them. There's only one that was not named after a god, Earth, because their true god named Earth. Genesis 1.10, 
God called the dry land earth. Come on, somebody ought to say amen here. Amen. God called us what, what He wanted to call it. Call this planet what He wanted to call it. Men named the other stupid stars out there and the other planets after gods. False gods. Do you know you can, uh, today, <coughs> give your wife, guys, and girls, you can do this too. You give your spouse a present for your anniversary or something by naming a star after them. I don't know what it costs, $1,000 or something, but you can get a star named after your wife. They'll send you a map of where it is. Can you imagine a star named a star named uh, Peggy Kerr, my, my mother-in-law's name? I think about what star would be named after Anne. They found one out there. That they said it wasn't a star; it's a planet that they found. They thought thought for years it might be a little star, but it made it of diamonds. They found out. Y'all heard about that planet? It's crusted with diamonds everywhere, everywhere and it sparkles all the, all the time. That's Miss Ann's favorite planet now. It says it sparkles all the time. Scientists have been befuddled by it until the Hubble, Hubble telescope got out there. The, that, that, that thing that was the Hubble, the one that went out into, out into space. They saw it and said it's got diamonds all over the top of it. It's crusted with diamonds. I was telling this to my students. One girl came up to me and said, Dr. Holler, I know what that's, what that's about. That's engagement solitaire for the bride of Christ. I said, oh, yeah, amen. Not a bad thought. <laughs> Philippians 3, verse 3. Philippians 3. Philippians is a wonderful book of the Bible, as they all are. I teach a course at Christ for the Nations called Prison Epistles, and it deals with Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. As you all know, my education includes a specialty in Pauline literature. That's why I can't get off these subjects. I'm stuck there. I want you stuck there too. I want you stuck there too. The Apostle Paul was the lead theologian in the book of the in the New Testament times. First century is full of his writings. Verse 3, For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. But I might also have confidence in the flesh. Everybody say flesh. flesh. If any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. We all trust in the flesh in certain degrees. I heard a story about little Mikey. Mikey, who went to grandma's house, they went over to grandmother's house, they were eating. He got the meal all planned out. Mikey just started chowing down, so just going at it. His mother said, Mikey, Mikey, stop, we pray. We pray first. He just kept eating. She said, Mikey, I said, we stop and pray first. He said, not here, mom. This is Grandma's house. She knows how to cook. (laughs) 
<laughs> we all trust the flesh in certain degrees, don't we? We always want to be educated. We always want to be the smartest. We always want to be the richest. We always want to be the fastest, the strongest. Look here what Paul goes on and says, verse 5. Circumcise the eighth day, flesh, of the stock of Israel, flesh, of the tribe of Benjamin, flesh, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, flesh, as touching the law of Pharisee, flesh, he calls this. Verse 6, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, flesh, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless, flesh. Verse 7, but what things, I get, I, what things were gained to me, flesh, those I counted lost for Christ. All of that was religious stuff. All of that had spiritual overtones in Paul's life. And he called it flesh. I heard about a guy in El Salvador, in San Salvador, El Salvador. El Salvador is a little tiny country in Central America, surrounded by a whole bunch of other nations like Nicaragua, Honduras, Guatemala, all that. Little tiny nation on the Pacific coast has one big city called San Salvador. I've been there, Miss Anne and I have been there twice. There's a guy in the countryside who's digging, digging a hole. Has been digging this hole for like 15 or 20 years ever since he retired, a long time, digging a hole and has found nothing. He's just digging a hole, wasting his life eight hours a day he puts in digging a hole on his own property. You know why he's digging that hole? He said God told him to. How easy is it to hear those voices in your own head and think God's talking to you to ruin your life? He's digging, digging a hole for no reason. Just like the monks used to get, get, get away, you know, the monks go away and take vows of silence. As the story goes, the one who took a vow of silence, for seven years he was silent. He came back and they said, you get to say two words. He said, bad food. <laughs> I said, okay, that's your two words. Went back for another, another seven years. Came back. He said, you get to say two words. He said, bed, hard. Bad food, bed, hard. Okay, that's it. Gets another seven years. He comes back and says, they said, what are your two words? He said, I quit. <laughs> Monsignor said, I'm not surprised. All you've done since you got here is gripe, gripe, gripe. <laughs> Guy digging a hole for no reason. I believe some of you here today have been digging holes for no reason. Thinking you're pleasing God, but you're not. That voice was not the voice of God. The voice of God is peaceable. The voice of God puts you with people. does not separate you from people. The voice of God says, go out there where the people are. 
take my love to them. Verse 8, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but, 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 that I may win Christ. Do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. I know your, your, your Toys R Us version says refuse. That's just because you're a chicken to say dung. <laughs> we ain't scared, are we, Larry? Dung. But he said that I, the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Excellency. This is a good Greek word to learn. Hooper echo. Hooper echo means superior knowledge. Superior knowledge. Better knowledge. Supreme knowledge. Higher knowledge. That's what, that's what Hooper Echo means. Superior. Better. Supreme. Higher. Not just good, but better. Excellency. Paul had all his flesh knowledge. All his fleshly knowledge. All his flesh in his background. But he said, when I came to Jesus... I got a higher knowledge. A hooper echo. Make a friend of the word by saying it with me. Hooper echo. Verse 9. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, flesh. He says here clearly that the law can give you a righteousness, but it's called self-righteousness. That's as good as the law of God can do for you. Make you self-righteous. That's what Paul said. Now that which is through the faith of Christ, that righteousness which is of God by faith. The righteousness which is of whom? It's of who? Of God by Jesus Christ. Righteousness of God. That means your righteousness that you produce for God will never make you righteous as God's righteousness in you. You must have received the righteousness that God is, God has. By His Spirit, when He comes in, He re rebirths you to make you brand new all over. Look at Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, 17. Miss Ann, this is one of your favorite verses. You quote it all the time. But you only quote, quote half of it most of the time, Miss Ann. I want you to read the whole thing to these folks today. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every lying tongue that rises <laughs> every lying tongue there you go throw that throw that in there that's right against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn stop right there you heard miss how many of you heard miss ann pray that before many many times right it's a powerful verse read the second half of that verse uh, this this, this, is, this the is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their righteousness Speaks, saith what? Their righteousness, righteousness is of me. Is of me, saith God. Their righteousness. They did not earn their righteousness. Right. It came from me. Amen. Amen. They did not get it by the flesh, by what they did. They got it because I believed that they believed. They believed, and I believed them. And gave them my righteousness. Verse 10. That I may know him and the power. The word there for power is dunamis. 
of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And what the, all this means is, don't, don't go crazy with this. What he's really saying is that I may share in his sufferings, what his sufferings paid for, that you get your share of that. You are already crucified with Christ. Paul said this plainly. He said this. You're already crucified with Christ. What he's talking about here is that you may so share in his sufferings, meaning what he paid for in his sufferings will come to you. Your benefaction. Koinonia is the word fellowship. Your righteousness means that anything, 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 anything is possible. Your righteousness means that anything is possible. Glory to God. Verse 11. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. Did you know that follow after word there is an interesting word? It's a word that, it's one word, follow after. In the Greek it's one word, it's dioko. D-I-O-K-O. -O. Let's make a friend of that word by saying it, dioko. It's the same word he used earlier in the same passage that we, we read it already about persecution. Dioko is translated persecution. He says, but I follow after. Dioko. Oh. Means to chase. Persecution just means to chase, to run away, to try to run you away. That's using that fashion. But Paul said, I chase after that for which I may be apprehended of. See that? That I may attain, I, not as though I'd already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, Atioko, if that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ Jesus. Skip down to verse 14. I press. You know what word that is? Dioko. Same word as following after, same word as persecution. Dioko. I press toward the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying is, as much as I was a persecutor of the church, I persecuted God's people. I chased them. Righteousness makes me chase after good things the same way. His gift of righteousness turned my target from negative to positive. It's all dioko, but now I'm doing something good for God. Amen. Amen. That's good right there. Amen. I say, go after Dioko, what your father has provided for you. With at least the same intensity as you once went after your education, or your career, or your wealth, or your fame, or your comfort. Go after the things of God. Dioko, yeah. yes. the things of God. Righteousness provides two kinds of perfection. Philippians 3.15 says, Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be perfect. <laughs> that word perfect is teleos. T-E-L-I-O-S, teleos, a full age, mature. Be thus minded. If, any, if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall re reveal even this to you. So the first kind of righteousness and two kinds of perfection of righteousness 
is maturity. One is maturity. That's what he's talking about right here. A full age. And let us, as many as be perfect. Maturity. But there's another one. Teleao. T-E-L-I-O-O. Teleao. It means complete. And accomplished work, if you will. Forever. And He has completed forever those who are being sanctified. So maturity and completion. Let me, tell you, let me explain this. Bring that baby down here. Brittany, bring her down here. Bring her down here. How many of you say this baby is mature? Is she mature? You can hold her. I just want to talk about her. Is she mature? No. She, she's thinking, my people! But she came to maturity in your womb, didn't she? The day she was conceived in her mother's womb, listen to me, she wasn't mature, but she was complete. She had to have nothing else added to her to make her a human being. The day she was conceived, she was complete. Nothing else had to be added. This nurture, nutrition, and time. Nurture, nutrition, and time. That's all she needed. And she came to maturity in her mother's womb and was birthed. Now she just started all, all over. Now she's coming to maturity again. Okay? You hear me? So you can be complete and immature. But you cannot be mature and incomplete. Alright, thank you so much. Star of the show today. Truly grace. Nothing needs to be added to you. Just nurturing, nutrition, and time. If you'll stay in the Word, God, stay in fellowship with God's people, that's where you get your nurturing. Stay under the Word, that's where you get your nutrition, and give it time. Everything will come right for you. Come on, tell somebody, everything's going to come right for you. Tell somebody else, everything's going to come right for you. Wow. Hey, Sam, what time is it? I can go for another hour. What time is it? It's what time? Oh, it's time to quit. Oh, my goodness. I'll give you... I don't want to keep you all day. I will read Romans 5, 6. Let's turn there. Romans chapter 5, and verse 6. Huh? I was running. We've got to stay in the inside anyway. Okay. Buckle up. Buckle up, everybody. We're going to stay. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the weak. Any weak folks here? I was weak. He died for the weak. That means there's love for losers. There's love for losers in God. 
verse 7, Romans 5. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God, everybody say, but God. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for sinners. Any sinners in the house that you were, used to be? I was a sinner. That means there's justification for jerks. Justification for jerks. Love for losers and justification for jerks. We just want to be sinful. Verse 9. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Everybody say much more. Were we reconciled to God by the de death of His Son or not? Or not? Yes, yes we, we were. Much more, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. This means you have security. If God saved you when you were a sinner and an enemy, much more because Jesus is alive, you're going to end this race well. You're going to ultimately be saved. He died for His enemies. That's the third thing which means there's victory for, for villains. Victory for villains. Any villains in the house? Used to be villains? I was a villain. Amen. God made a way for the losers to have love, for the jerks to have justification, and for the villains to have victory. Amen. God bless you all.